Welcome to On The Way, a podcast to help you make a meaningful connection with Jesus every day in the midst of your day-to-day. Today on the podcast, Alex Kirk, lead pastor of Chatham Community Church, shares some insights into the Holy Spirit. Hope you enjoy. So when I was in high school, several things were a mystery that I thought I would never fully understand. Uh, High school physics, girls, and anything much beyond Algebra 2. And the Holy Spirit was kind of in that category for me for a long time, and maybe for you as well. And I'm still learning about the Spirit, so much more to grow. And there's such a huge topic here that there's so much that could be said. But I want to take a a few cracks at who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit is up to. What does it mean to be a partner with what the Spirit's up to in our lives? Let's start here with a really simple introductory analogy. Uh, All analogies break down eventually, but I find this one to be a helpful place to start to understand what we're even talking about. For those of you for whom this is a totally new subject or totally foreign, start with this. So imagine a large hotel with a lot of kind of conference rooms on the first floor, lots of different meeting rooms, and there's a different family reunion happening in each of these rooms, each of these little meeting rooms. There's a different family reunion, and you're walking down the hall, and uh, to your right are a dozen or so different doors behind which are different family reunions, and uh, you step into the first door, and you just stand there for a couple minutes. You talk to no one, but as soon as you step in, you can feel it's very quiet, it's subdued, it's relaxed, it's warm, just a chill family. You don't have to interact with anyone. You can just feel this kind of a low-key, kind of warm, subdued kind of family. So you close the door, and you walk down to the next door, a totally different family reunion. It's totally opposite. Loud and boisterous, jokes and laughter. You pull that door shut, get on the third door, it's, you step in, and it's icy, cold silence. There's so much tension, you could cut it with a knife, and you pull that door shut rather quickly and move down to the next door. And everything, when you open that door, is arguing and sarcasm and cynicism, and you can just sort of feel that vibe. As soon as you step in, you pull the door shut. You could feel the energy of the spirit of each family the moment you stepped into the room. There's something about a combination of personalities that creates something that's collective. It reflects the character or the quality of the relationships. Throughout Jesus' life, he's talking about this crazy, wonderful mixture of relationships with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I only do what I see my Father doing, and if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He also says, look, I'm going to bless you with this wonderful gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. These are all relational terms. These are all, many of them are familial terms. You don't have a son unless you're the son of some parent. You're not a father without a child. And the Spirit is the Spirit of someone. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit are all forget, for, forever joined together. And the most joyful family reunion ever into eternity. And you and I are invited to participate in this joy-filled family Reunion. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all point to each other, bless each other, love and celebrate each other. And the Holy Spirit is the embodiment, the spiritual embodiment of the love and the power and the joy that the three members of the Godhead have for each other. Now, early on, when I was first kind of discovering the whole, like the Holy Spirit and Jesus and kind of understanding the the whole faith thing, I really thought that Jesus was the better gift, right? Like I wished I could have Jesus here with me to prove to me this whole thing's real, to answer all my questions. And I thought the Holy Spirit was like the consolation prize for like on the prices, right? The person who didn't win anything, so they get like a year supply of rice aroni. The The Holy Spirit felt like kind of something along those lines. But Jesus at one point says to his disciples, look, it's better for you if I leave. 
because then the Holy Spirit can come. Like, this is the better gift, Jesus says, than me. Jesus says, I got to get out. I'm exiting stage right so the Holy Spirit can take center stage on the earth. If there's any part of you that remotely likes or is impressed by Jesus, you'll love the Holy Spirit. Like, if you're a little unsure about the Holy Spirit thing, here's why you can trust the Holy Spirit. We can trust God's Spirit because we can trust Jesus. The Spirit is the Spirit of God, the the God that Jesus shows us. Jesus shows us that God is love. The Spirit, therefore, is love. Jesus shows us that God is both merciful and just. The Spirit, therefore, is both merciful and just. Jesus shows us that God is good, good, and good. Therefore, the Spirit that he blesses us with is also good, good, and good. Jesus gives us the most direct teachings about who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit is going to do. And the rest of the New Testament builds on this understanding of the Holy Spirit that Jesus introduces into the language. And it mostly comes through what the scriptures say the Holy Spirit will do. What's the Holy Spirit's job and role? Jesus says the Holy Spirit will teach us and comfort us, give us courage and wisdom in the face of adversity or challenges. Jesus says the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin. And this is a great gift to us because sin cuts us off from all life and all joy. One of the best gifts that some of us can get from God is to be relieved of the illusion that we're as good as we think we are in order to become as good as God made us to be. The Spirit animates our gifts. Uh, The New Testament describes these as spiritual gifts, gifts and abilities that God gives us. And the Holy Spirit animates in order to build up the church and be a part of God's mission in the world. The scripture describes it as the father leading in creation, the son leading in redemption, and the spirit in sanctification or transformation. And this process is what we walk alongside Jesus doing our entire lives. The spirit's always at work in our lives to shape us in the image of God, the image that God placed in us in the very, very beginning. In my humble opinion, the Holy Spirit has a harder job of three because it requires our participation. We have to cooperate with the Spirit to engage in this process of sanctification and transformation. But when we do consent, when we do surrender, when we do submit to be led and guided by the Spirit, it's pretty glorious. Some time ago, our elders at our church went away for a full Saturday to make some big decisions for our church. And to start the day off, we looked a little bit at the book of Acts and we talked about how hard it must have been to be one of Jesus' original disciples because some of the stupid things that the disciples said and did have been written down and captured for all eternity. People are still talking about stupid things the disciples did 2,000 years later. That's pretty painful. And there's a tremendous contrast between the disciples when Jesus was with them as they're bumbling and confused. And they say stupid things even up to the moment when Jesus leaves them to ascend back up to God. But then just a few short days after that event, the Spirit comes upon them. And we see the Holy Spirit best version of these same disciples. We see the Holy Spirit best version of these same disciples who are bumbling and fumbling with Jesus just a few days before. When the Spirit falls... Instead of being cowering and fearful, the disciples are strong and courageous. And over the book of Acts, the course of the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit teaching these same disciples what it was that Jesus actually came to do. Making and remaking them over time into the Holy Spirit best version of themselves. And over the course of the whole book of Acts, we see that when the Holy Spirit falls on people, it animates people, makes them come more alive. Every time the Spirit goes to work on someone in the scriptures, it's making them the Holy Spirit best version of themselves. What that often looks like is it makes them strong and courageous in order to follow God's lead and be a part of his work in the world. Sometimes that results in blessing people around them in ways that are just transformative, gifts of healing or wisdom and teaching. 
Sometimes the Spirit comes to challenge people or correct them when they're moving away from God. Whenever the Spirit is at work, it makes people into the Holy Spirit, best version of themselves, makes them strong and courageous to follow God's lead, follow God's work in the world, be a part of it, to bless people with God's yes or God's no. And so at our elder retreat, I said to our team, we've all been walking with God for a while, and by this point, you know something of what that Holy Spirit, best version of you looks like. And so what I want you to do is write down four or five or six or seven or eight words that describe you, characteristics that describe the Holy Spirit, best version of you. And we each did that exercise, and we spent some time praying at the start of that day that we'd each be the Holy Spirit best version of ourselves that day. It was just a great day, great way to start the day and a great day of walking through a big decision we needed to make and working well together. Afterwards, it was really fun to follow up with people and to ask them, what are they written down? What was the Holy Spirit best version of them? And it was fantastic to be able to celebrate yes and amen. I've seen that version of you. It was great to celebrate that. And this idea of God's Spirit falling on us to make us the Holy Spirit best version of ourselves to grow up into Christ and maturity in our character and be a part of his work in the world has been a prayer of mine ever since. It's been a great way for me to engage with God and ask for the Holy Spirit to do that work of shaping my character. In the opening stories of Acts, as the church kicks off, the key signal marker of God's new work is God's spirit falling and filling all kinds of people. And what's remarkable about this very first story of the Spirit falling on people in the New Testament is what the Holy Spirit enables them to do. They speak the good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and the language of all these different people who are gathered there in Jerusalem for a big festival. So what's the precedent? What's the, what's the thing the Spirit does when the Spirit first falls working through these people? It enables these disciples to tell other people about Jesus in their own language, in their mother tongue. The Spirit enables and empowers the disciples to move towards other people and speak God's love in their own language rather than demanding that the people come to them and learn their language. A friend of mine once pointed out what this meant for the early church was there's no official language established. There's no one language everyone had to learn to be a part of Jesus' movement. And this is part of why, he said, Christianity is the most global of all the world's religions. It's always had an incarnational, will come to you and speak the good news in your language part woven into the very DNA of all of it. The Holy Spirit is a gift to the whole world. And the gift is it's animating the church to tell the good news in ways that people can hear and understand. The Spirit's been doing that for 2,000 years. And now today, right now, we're talking about Jesus in a language that didn't even exist in Jesus' day over a podcast medium no one could have imagined 2,000 years ago because the Holy Spirit's always moving, always working, always propelling the mission forward in the language of the people. The Holy Spirit is always working in those of us who trust in Christ to help us to know and become who God is and, who, and the Holy Spirit, best version of ourselves, strong and courageous, in order to really know God, follow God, and be part of his mission in the world. At one point, Jesus tells a uh, kind of a, a barbed parable, and uh, he talks about, uh, hey, if your kids ask you for food, you're not going to give them a scorpion or a serpent or a snake. And he says, if you, even though you're evil, which is kind of a, a tough blow for some of us, if you then, even though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will God give you the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Over the past few years, one of the most frequent prayers is that God would give me and our church community a fresh filling of the Spirit for each day's work, each day's task, each season's opportunities and challenges. Today, I invite you to make that your prayer, to ask for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit from a good father who loves to give good gifts to his children. 
to ask God to fill you with his spirit, to make you the Holy Spirit, best version of you that you might be, that you might know God, that you might know his mission in the world, that you might be able to follow after Jesus wholeheartedly, and that God might take the gifts and abilities and opportunities given to you and animate them. They might bear much fruit that brings you much joy as a blessing that's around you and gives God much glory.